it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. Should you see fit to get in? Uh, Okay, all right. We're all set here. If you should see fit to join in the show this evening, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter, which you can sign up for at the main website right there on the homepage. I think it says subscribe to newsletter, click in an email address, and that's all you need to give it. And then every Tuesday around noon Eastern, you'll get the newsletter on what's going to be happening later in the show, or you can just follow me socially, and I'll get to all that here in just a second. Anyway, in about 12 minutes from now, we will be joined by what will be a second-time guest. He came in July last year, hit huge. He's a barbecue legend, the original creator of Oklahoma Joe Barbecue Pits, also the owner of Oklahoma Joe Barbecue Restaurants. Barbecue Hall of Famer and Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Famer all in the same year of 2021. Joe Davidson returns to the show, and we're looking forward to talking with him. After Joe, because it is the fourth Tuesday of a month, in the first hour, at the 35 past the hour segment, that brings a visit from the creator of DerekRiches.com, the most esteemed live fire journalist of all live fire journalists. Derek Riches will rejoin us. We're going to spend a lot of time during his segment looking back from a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, when I had Jeremy Andrus on the show. Derek is a follower of the industry, also a follower of Jeremy's and liking to see what he's up to and things that he's involved with. So we will spend a lot of time during his interview breaking down the various answers and scenarios that I painted for Jeremy and the way that he went about answering those questions. And we'll see what we all agree with, what we might disagree with, what we might think is corporate speak versus real ass speak. So that will be Derek. There's some other things we're going to be hitting on as well. Maybe the new Kingsford charcoal product that's infused with nonsense. My words. We also might talk about the combustion ink 
predictive thermometer should time permit. But a lot of it, again, is going to be Traeger-related from the interview I did on the 8th of this month with Jeremy Andrews, CEO, by the way. And then we'll move into the second hour where we will find, because it's the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour, the embedded correspondents, Doug Scheiding, longest-running correspondent, John Solberg from Michigan. Doug's by, from Texas, by the way. John Solberg from Michigan, the second longest running embedded correspondent. And of course, from the great city of Utah, Rusty Monson of Salt City Barbecue. And the third longest running embedded correspondent will join us for the traditional segment. We have a brand new line of 100% assurity questions. We also have a number of talking points, which we'll get to after we get through the slew of 100% assurity questions. So... Just as we have been doing the last number of months, if you would like to answer the Assurity questions right along with us, all you have to do is jump on the Clubhouse app, find the room that's live right now. It's called the Barbecue Central Show, or I guess search my name, however you can get to it. And it's happening right now. Raise your hand once we get there in about an hour. And then you can also answer the Assurity questions right along with myself and Doug and John and Rusty. It's very fun. It's exciting for you. It's great for us because we're giving back to the Live Fire community by allowing you to come up and share the stage with us. Know-it-alls. So we're happy to have you if you would like to do it. And if you've done it already, throw that hand up. That means you're a seasoned vet. You know how to expect the questions and how to answer and all that fun stuff. So we'll see how that shakes out in the second hour. So that's what you have this evening. Joe Davidson shortly, Derek Riches after Joe, and the embedded correspondence in the second hour, your phone calls and emails as we mix it in. Don't forget you can follow me socially if you would care to, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snapper Snaps at BBQ Central Show. By the way, if you're not following my uh, me on TikTok, I have been making clips of the show, minute or less, maybe a little bit over a minute. It's tough for me to fit that minute time frame that a lot of these social media networks like to get at without doing a lot of editing down of some answers, but I've been really trying to get at least a half a dozen or so posted the days after the live show airs on TikTok. So if you would like to see some of that at BBQ Central Show on TikTok and give me a follow for live video feeds of the show, you can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also one on YouTube, which is slash RD Rempy. By the way, because I forgot to do it for any number of months. I have summarily dismissed the super chat option. I saw somebody give me a super chat last week of uh, 99 cents or whatever it was. I forgot to get into the whole don't do that. So to make sure when I was relaunching and prepping for the show today and I was in the YouTube interface, I saw somebody had given me that 99 cent super chat last week. And I said, you know, I got to get rid of that. I'm never going to see that money because YouTube and I continue to be at odds and at each other's throats at any point of any given day. And it's just not worth it. So I've turned it all off. So nobody can even mistakenly give me money. If you want to give me money, I'll give you my address. You can send me bags and bags of cash. That's what I want. Also, as I had mentioned, we are live audibly on Clubhouse. So if you would like to join us there, more than happy to have you tune in and listen to the various folks that find that to be the most energizing and entertaining way to take in the show each and every Tuesday night live. Outside of all that, let's start right here tonight. This past 
Thursday morning, the show hit and then crossed the 2 million downloads mark. That number, since I started using the Blueberry stat tracking interface back in 2012, so we all know this show started live in 2008 and then two years prior to that in podcasts, so certainly way more than the 2 million we just crossed this past Thursday. But this is a verifiable number that I can produce to anybody that would want to either question it or see it for themselves. So I want to take this moment and personally thank each and every person that has downloaded even one episode. It all adds up. And the fact that all of you continue to listen and tell others about it, this is why the show continues and is able to reach these milestones of downloads. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you for even spending one second of time listening to the show, hoping that it's bringing you education, entertainment, some levity, some seriousness when it has to. But I'm very humbled that any of you even bother listening to it. So thank you very much. And what a month February has been when we look back on it, right? Perhaps the most successful month in show history on a myriad of fronts, if we could recap, earlier in the month. We celebrate 14 years of live shows, that being February 7th, specifically 2008. We landed a publicly traded CEO, not one, but two interview segments for the first time in show history. There has never been a CEO of a publicly traded company on the show ever. We finally land one on February 8th of this year and this month. And now, the show crosses the 2 million downloads threshold. You know, a lot of shows would walk off on the strength of this month alone, but not the Barbecue Central show. No, no. This is where we dig in and prove that the first 14 years and the first 2 million downloads weren't horseshit. We book better guests. We give better content, get bigger audience reach, and get to the next 2 million downloads much quicker than the first 2 million downloads. We work smarter and harder. Why? Because why wouldn't we do both? And when I say we, I mean me. Because I am here for you. I am ready to continue worldwide domination in this live fire space. Who's with me? Let's go. I'm Jack, baby. We're just waiting on Joe Davidson to show up in the green room. But before we get to him, talk a little bit more barbecue with a barbecue icon like him. I will talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. They design and build all of their pits right here in the States and building pride through craftsmanship, world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translating into what can be a truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family, honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits and charcoal cookers, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core value. American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks. 
of Yoder Smokers. And a lot of you emailing me saying, hey, are you just BSing that you know somebody over at the Howard Stern Show that's in the barbecue and grilling game? I said, no. I know Jason Kaplan. He's the executive producer over there along with Fafa Floley. Jason, true barbecue guy. I talked to him. We were counseling on barbecue pits. We settled that the YS640 might be in his best interest. He saw it in person at a dealer. He fell in love. What can I tell you? Yodersmokers.com is the website. Fall in love with yourself and with that cooker all over again. Then you tell me who's steering you the right or the wrong way. Jason got steered the right way. Yodersmokers.com, and we are back with Joe Davidson right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com. For more information or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Kicking off the second hour, I'm kicking off tonight is a bar- second hour. I'm already an hour ahead of myself. Kicking off the show tonight is a barbecue legend making his debut on the show last July to what was rave reviews. Barbecue pit builder. Yes. Barbecue restaurateur. Yes. Successful businessman. Yes, Hall of Famer. Yes, let's go ahead and race to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Joe Davidson. Hey, Joe. Hey. How's it going tonight? I am absolutely ecstatic to have you back on. We have a lot of Joe's story to get to this segment, of course. But let's start here. 2021 was a big Hall of Fame year for you. Barbecue Hall of Fame, as I mentioned. Sure. Barbecue Central Show guest. Hall of Famer, yes! And I assume that life has really picked up in a positive way since the Guest Hall of Fame honor in late September, Joe. So I want to give you at least a few minutes or seconds right up front if you would care to make any statement to address the Centralites on this huge life achievement. You know, really it was, a number one, a great honor to be voted in there by your peers you know that more than anything else i got to go to the american royal hadn't been up there in a few years and it's like a homecoming when you go up there and you're hanging out with all the rest of the hall of famers it's not a very big club but we're all good friends and we enjoy each other's company and it's we've just got a long long history with them so what a blast i got to bring my family up there we just had a hell of a good time now outside of the barbecue hall of fame i mean screw that what about the barbecue central show guest hall of fame induction now that's a life changer isn't it how about that absolutely that's (laughs) exactly right there's no doubt about that i have so much fun on this show joe last time you were on we were doing a 
dig back in the history of Joe Davidson and what it was like for you coming up and uh, growing up in Oklahoma and getting into the pit building business. You know, the story that really sticks with me was you going to the fair with a 10 or a dozen smokers hoping that you would be able to sell a few. You sell all of them and then you're walking away with what I believe was an order for at least 100 more. And now you're in a whole different yeah. conundrum of, oh, my goodness, how am I going to fill these orders? So <laughs> I would like to pick up from there and say now okay. that you're headlong into the pit building business, you know, I love business of all sorts. I love hearing about how deals go down and how business is done. So when it came to the point where the sale of Oklahoma Joe's brand to Charboy was going to be happening, uh, Charboy, of course, falls under that W.C. Bradley parent umbrella. Were you sure. at a point in manufacturing where you were openly looking for a partner or looking to sell the business? Or was this something that came out of the blue and they said, hey, Joe, we're big fans of the product and what you're doing. We don't have this in our portfolio and we would love to figure out a deal to strike up with you. You know, I met the the folks at Charbroil over the years at the National Hardware Show that back then was held up in Chicago. And every time I just really liked the not only the company, but I loved the family as well. I mean, this is a, a, a privately held group. Many, many family members are part of it. And it just it felt right to me. So I really I went to them and said, hey, I'm ready to take this to the next level. Are you interested in helping us accomplish that? And that was the opportunity to sell the smoker company to Charbroil. Really, it was with, they also bought the New Bromfell Smoker Company. They were in an acquisition mode at the time. And it just, it was perfect. The timing was perfect. And I got to go uh, take our family to Texas and live down there for three years in Hill Country. That's a spectacular part of the world. I was a tourist there for three years. Contractually, I had. I had to stay for two for three before we came back to Oklahoma. So I did work with them. It was an employee of Charbroil for three years before I came back to, to Oklahoma. So you guys strike the deal. And then part of the sale is you have to stay on for three years to see, was it to see certain projects through or to bring other products to market? What was that encompassing? It was, it was really a little bit of both from that perspective. They also bought the New Bromfell Smoker Company. The fellow that owned it did not stay with that, so they really wanted someone with smoker manufacturing in their DNA to help guide that process for true live fire uh, burners. Joe, when you are in the midst of putting a deal together, certainly there is whatever the purchase price is going to be. Everybody's always interested in that, but I'm interested in other things you're looking at. And obviously, if you were the one kind of pitching yourself to Charbroil as it came to be, there were things about the company. You said it was a privately held family-owned company that was obviously attractive. But what other things were you looking at um, that made Charbroil attractive versus maybe approaching somebody else? And did you do any kind of uh, what I've heard is a reverse RFP where you would go to the potential purchaser's customer base and interview them to see how that manufacturer has been treating that? You know, we really didn't do any reverse RFPs, but I'll tell you what happened was that I really felt like the world of manufacturing was changing very, very rapidly. And if you want to talk about a company that knew how to manufacture 
and then begin to source products overseas. And at first it was, you know, everyone thinks that everything just ran to China, but really we we were doing more in Mexico with maquiladoras over there to where we'd put equipment in there. They'd supply the labor force and could build some heavy duty smokers while New Braunfels was still making some of the medium duty smokers as well. Now that's obviously a brand that kind of went away and we put all our focus into Oklahoma Joe's and it's, it continues that way. So although I only worked for them for three years as the founder of Oklahoma Joe's and a, and a brand ambassador for them, I still work with them on a regular basis every month doing content and um, even go to get go to, to trade shows as well, which I love doing that. When you look at the cookers that you were building and what's rolling out today, how big of a difference is there, mm-hmm. would you say, between those two cookers? I think that uh, obviously what we were doing, we were cutting quarter-inch pipe, you know, 16 inches, 20 inches in diameter, 24, et cetera, very custom-built, uh, 100% hand-welded, et cetera. So there's a big difference between what we were doing then and what we do now, but the reality is that we weren't capable of producing the number of units that the demand is out there for right now. So they've done a great job on bringing great features. And I think in regards to value, really the best values out there, especially in the pellet units. Joe, when you are looking, is there a conversation with yourself to say, we're at our max right now, whatever that looked like prior to the sale. And yep. we're, I'm good with that. We're going to do as many as we can. We're going to remain custom. We're going to build to what the customer, each individual customer wants. And we're not going to cut corners. It's going to be built here in the States, you know, however you want to spin it. And uh, we're going to yep. put a, a decent profit margin in there so everybody can stay employed. We can make some money. And that's going to be it versus being able to, really pump out uh you know thousands and, and thousands of units you look down into houston gator pit close all these custom pit manufacturers who you know maybe do hundreds a year versus thousands and thousands a year did you have any of that back and forth or did you just have enough of the custom stuff and you really wanted to ramp up into bigger production i, I just really i wanted us to continue to grow and grow the brand and I just felt like the best opportunity, the best way to do that was to hand it off to someone that had the resources to really drive that that growth and that production aspect of it and bringing those products that were from overseas to the United States. There's a certain level of complexity that my team wasn't equipped to do. You're an offset guy from way back. Uh, obviously, that's how the smoker was built originally. Oh. I've been asking this sure. question for years now to folks that are like you who've been in it since live fire was real live fire. And you've seen the growth of pellet cookers here, especially over the last five, six, seven years, really start to take over the backyards where maybe sure. folks now have a gas grill and a pellet cooker, or maybe they have three cookers out there in the backyard. Who knows what they have? Are you surprised at how accepted the pellet cooker has been just on a large scale? No, not really. I, I, I've always thought that pellet grills were spectacular. And the thing I, I love about ours is that it really has, in effect, it's replaced 
my gas grill because I can turn that bad boy on. Ten minutes later, I've got it up to 600, 650 degrees. I can sear steaks. I still get a level of smoke flavor. It's not the same as a stick burner, and it, it doesn't pretend to be a stick burner, but it's convenient, and it's changed the way that many, many individuals have learned how to cook in their backyard and gave them that convenience. And, and quite honestly, it, it gave them the confidence to be able to cook better in the back than they could with a stick burner. A stick burner is not forever, but for the faint of heart. When you look at the percentage of cookers that Charbroil is selling now, is the pellet cooker the leading or second in line? Uh, it's not it's not leading yet, but boy, it's catching on yeah. very, very rapidly. I'll tell you that much. So realistically, when you still look at those models that are out there, I love the reverse flow unit as well. It just really cooks so evenly and I can get a long burn time out of it. And tell you what, the drum cookers, if you've never cooked on one, mm -hmm. you should try because you talk about long burn times. Those dudes are great when it comes to that. So there's there's a combination of products that are all coming forward and very, very cool accessories as well to go with those. Joe Davidson joining us here on the show, Barbecue Hall of Famer, Barbecue Central Show guest, Hall of Famer, okjoes.com, the website, of course, and we'll transition into that website, then that being the restaurant website and restaurant business. So you've accomplished what you wanted to accomplish in the cooker Portion. You're still keeping your feet in the water there a little bit with uh, Oklahoma Joe's owned by Charbroil at this point uh, with sure. the pellet cookers and the drum cookers and stuff that you'd mentioned. Was there always a drive to get into the barbecue restaurant side of things? I mean, that's for restaurants being as volatile <laughs> as they are alone to add barbecue on top of that seems to be the risk takers risk. What it boiled down to for me was that, you know, going through my life cycle of barbecue, making the smokers, going into competition, winning world championship cook-offs like the Jack Daniels, American Royal, World Pork Bobby Colossal, it just seemed like every time I had someone coming, we had busloads of Europeans would come over that were selling Oklahoma Joe smokers in Europe. And you know what they want to do? If they're coming to a smoker manufacturer and you're world champion, they want to eat barbecue. So it was as of a convenience as any other thing. And I, I tell you, you know, obviously in competition barbecue, I'd had a lot of friends that I'd made over the years. And one friend in particular, Jeff Staney, I just kept telling him, said, man, you and I need to get in, in the restaurant business together. You'd be spectacular at it. We would be a great team. And I think you should come to Stillwater and we'll open our very first one here. And then we'll find a place in Kansas City to open one up there. So you convince him to move down to Stillwater, Oklahoma to open up an Oklahoma Joe's? It took me a long time. I'm going to tell you, he kept telling me, he says, man, no, I don't, I do not want to do that. And I kept telling him, he said, man, there's no better way to build equity in your own future than to own your own business. So it didn't happen overnight. It took me a long while to get Jeff to come down and, and Joy Staney is a, is an equal workhorse with Jeff as well. So they both really were were in a food business. They worked for food service companies. And so they knew the business. And I just knew that Jeff was the type of fellow that wouldn't let it not be successful. You look at one of the most important things to a successful barbecue restaurant, and you and Jeff have those covered in spades, both world championship pitmasters, 
uh, you uh, part of the, sure. the Hogamaniacs running wild, and then Jeff Staney, of course, with Slaughterhouse <laughs> Five, and you know, mass world championships sure. between you, probably a mountain size high. But then there's the business side of things. So, what were were there definitive responsibilities between you two? Was Jeff more of the business portion of it because he had that background? I mean, obviously, you have a business background too. And then you were pitmaster. Was everybody sharing in everything? Because you got to be good at both. Yeah, we, we, we were, and we were both very good at both, to be honest with you. So we, we've always been performa driven. We want to do things. We, we've, we've done enough for practice to make a living now. And thus, we really knew that we would have to, number one, just absolutely work our tails off to make it successful. And another thing I, I've, my favorite statement that Jeff and I, like to use is that it only took us about 10 years to become an overnight success. It doesn't happen quickly. And especially when you start talking about going to Kansas city and standing on the shoulders of these Titans of barbecue up there and to eventually work yourself into being one of the top barbecue joints in Kansas city. I couldn't be more proud. When you guys are down in Stillwater making that first Oklahoma Joe's happen, um, just I'm always fascinated with you know what seems to separate the great barbecue restaurants from the run of the mill, and that seems to be you walk in at any point during which they are open, and you can produce perfect barbecue no matter what the hour. It's not that it was just fresh off the pit. You showed up at the sure. right time, and it was great. Could sure. be at any point. Yep. How do you do that? Yep. Well, our methods differ than most people's do. You know, a lot of lot of joints. There's just, we, we pulling off the smoker and we're going to sell it until we run out. And when we're out, we're out at that point in time. So we really looked at it. I looked at it from the perspective of manufacturing. And I hate to use that word for barbecue and a barbecue connoisseur and loving barbecue the way I do. But the reality is that you've got to have a process that you can completely duplicate that every single time so we we kind of act like a little usda facility with a whole um hassock plan and cryovacking and sous vis and we we reheat differently than most people do as as well so that's we really really our process documented it and we teach and train all the time on that joe davison joining me here on the show oklahoma joe's barbecue of course so you have Three locations in the uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma area or, or greater metro area, whatever Correct. you want to call it. Sure. Yep. We've got three here and then we've got one uh, franchisee up in Omaha as well. Uh, and then Jeff has the three Joe's Kansas cities in Kansas city as well. There is the one classic location, the Joe's KC out there in Kansas city that I think everybody goes to. Are you surprised? And maybe you're not because you know, <laughs> Jeff and uh, the work ethic and, and everything you guys shared, but, that seems to be when you mention Kansas City barbecue, things that roll off the tongue include Gates, uh, Arthur Bryant. Maybe the next one is is uh, okay or is uh, uh, Joe's KC. Are you surprised that it has reached that level of success? No, not whatsoever. You know what both Jeff and I said from the get go is that we're not afraid to go to Kansas City and open a restaurant, but if we're going to do it, we damn sure better cook better barbecue than they do. And I think that that's really what we focused on when you look at the DNA of how our barbecue is 
cooked and prepared. It's we're still using the same dry rubs we were in competition, the same sauce we were in competition. So we just try to take it at a level to where we said, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it better than anyone else does. And we're absolutely going to not cut any corners when it comes to the food quality and the processes and the cooking times, the bark on the brisket, you know, the burnt ends. So the, the, the things that really helped us succeed in competition, we brought that all over to the restaurant business as well. Uh, you have the three. Do you have plans on growing any more? Or if you were to grow, would it be just through franchises? You know, that's a good question. Obviously, franchising is something I'm very interested in. Uh, I don't think I'm very good at it yet, but we're still working on that process right now. But I will tell you that I'd, I'd like to probably open some more. You know, COVID's changed everything in the restaurant world. I mean, it's, it's we're hell, we're lucky we survived it, you yeah, know. for sure. But the, the reality is that people's dining patterns have changed. They like online ordering they like drive-throughs they like convenience there and it's not so much wanting to go to the joint and it's inside of it it's just they want barbecue you know so we're really working on a, a new model that's going to focus on it's going to have dining service in there but really focusing on the drive-through and the experience using the drive-through to get barbecue Joe Davidson is my guest, and the website, of course, okjoes.com, or if you're looking for a smoker, oklahomajoes.com as well. Joe, really appreciate the time this evening catching us back up there on the pit building and the transition there, and then, of course, the restaurant talk. And, uh, man, it is just a pleasure to have you on the show. Look forward to doing it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Greg. You got it. There he is, Barbecue Hall of Famer. Oklahoma Joe Davidson great conversation as always loved hearing about the sale of the company you know me I'm a business guy I love to hear about that and what the goal was uh, very interesting to hear that he was the one that was approaching Charbroil to say hey I've reached my limit would like to go to that next level get the brand out there really involved with the brand and the growth of that loved hearing about that and then restaurants Oof. and barbecue restaurants at that but success there as well appreciate joe for coming on and sharing all of that Derek riches is hanging out in the green room right now and we'll get to him here in just one second before we do that i will talk to you about my pal david mcdowell and david leans and the do wellness company centralites maybe you've heard that having a dad bod was cool well take it from a stud like me it's not there is nothing sexy about wearing your gluttony everywhere you go, not to mention being overweight increases the risk of all causes of mortality, including strokes, cancers, coronary artery disease, sleep apnea, hypertension, osteoarthritis, and my favorite and yours, mental illness. Making the decision to change decades-old food habits can be the difference between you attaining your health goals versus dealing with the unknown health challenges that your family will have to face down the road. Luckily, thanks to my pal and friend of show, backyard barbecue enthusiast and men's health and wellness coach, David McDowell, you can eat barbecue all year long and still lose the fat. fat. With David, you've got assistant around the clock. He's just a text message, an iMessage, or a WhatsApp message, or an email away. He's also available to FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp, video chat, whenever you need the help, even on short notice. 
you know some coaches doing this kind of thing, charging 500 bucks a month for a canned diet plan, one to two check-ins a month? It's outrageous. Partnering with David allows you to have a resource who's available effectively 24-7. But not for $500 a month. Not for $300 a month. Barbecue Central rate, $200 a month. That's right. Lose all the unwanted fat for only $200 a month for the rest of the year. Don't wait. Get on it now so you can complete your health target for 2022. David's personal guarantee to you that if you are honest and make the effort, you'll succeed in losing the fat. And if you don't, he'll refund you 100% of your investment. No questions asked. Ready to go? Of course. Hit the website, David Leans, like lean beef. Leans. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ to sign up. Do it now. Quit being fat. Fat. We're back with Derek Riches. Not fat. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back, and this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see the other products that they have to flavor your food with smoke essence. Once again, that website is cookingpellets.com. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means we go to the hotline and welcome in the most respected barbecue journalist in the biz and my pal, Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I am fabulous. How about that Oklahoma Joe? He's a gas, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Do you know Joe? Great guy. Uh, we've met. It's been a while, I think. Have you interviewed him and like done a piece about him at all? No, no, I haven't. Derek, the show has opened up now 14 years of live interviews, fun and barbecue frivolity, as we like to say. Do you think in 20 years from now or perhaps even 10 years from now when people want to go back and track the last 15 to 16 years, the only barometer of truth and tracking of live fire will be, of course, the Barbecue Central show? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anything that's happened has been for- tracked, right? Yeah, I would think, basically, yeah. Need, uh, as long as you've got it indexed well so we can find oh, everything. Yeah. yeah, search words. You just pop in like Derek yeah. or you could even go in like Riches or Bristly or something along these lines and everything <laughs> you've ever done shows up. So I've been really key the last handful of years at putting in just ridiculous keywords for people to search so it brings it up real easily uh welcome aboard of course happy to have you here in your monthly segment so i wanted to review some of the jeremy andrus portions of my interview that i had on february 8th i guess first and foremost are you surprised that he even showed up and did the interview um not terribly surprised i mean i think it was a you know i mean i I, I think it was a good coup for you. Um, 
you know, usually the interviews he does are in pretty controlled environments, uh, you know, and, and a lot more in the tech world than in the barbecue world. So, but no, I think it's, uh, you know, good for you that you got him. Yeah, it was great. I, I was kind of 50 50 right there at the end that maybe a magical meeting would have come up or maybe it was just a complete shine. I mean, who knows, but uh, I was very happy that he came on a, and then did the two segments that he said he was going to do. So that was great. Were you surprised? I know you had taken in the interview segments. Were you surprised he answered as much as he did regarding the green mountain grill top? Yeah, I kind of, I, well, I, my suspicion was it was going to be, I cannot comment on ongoing litigation That's what I think. and just kind of leave it at that. Hmm. But you know, it's worth throwing the question out of course. And, um, he was a lot more open. I don't know that he said anything dangerous. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of, we don't like being litigious, but we will defend our patents. And, you know, we worked really hard to invent all the things with this stuff, you know. He mentioned bit one-sided. that there have been settlement opportunities during this time that Green Mountain Grill hasn't taken advantage of. Would you speculate that... If this seemed like a fair settlement for everybody, the Green Mountain Grill would have taken it versus continuing on as they have. I I don't know what the terms of those are, and nobody seems to be terribly forthcoming with it. Um, I am going to be meeting with some people from Memphis Grills next week, um, and they are one of the companies that received the cease and desist on the production or importation of Wi-Fi connected pellet grills, <laughs> but they still offer a Wi-Fi and Bluetooth enabled pellet grill. Now, I don't know what terms there are with that. I'm hoping to try and coax some more information on that subject um, to kind of bring a little more, more light to this. I don't know if they made a deal or if you know they had to do some finagling to kind of work their way out of it but um so i don't know i mean green mountain girls has really stood their ground on this one and if it was just a poison pill situation where it's like you know we'd be out of business if we took your situation or if it was we think we can win this and we're just going to go for it and time will tell i, I had followed up with if other companies were in a similar unpatented technology, should they be nervous? He rebuffed that pretty quickly with the old, you know, this is where my general counsel is going to come through the computer and tell me not to answer. So uh, let's go down yeah. that path for a second since we can allegedly, if the ruling is affirmed by ITC, the damage remedy the Traeger seeking for Green Mountain Grill will put Green Mountain Grill out of business immediately. Uh, so let me ask you to speculate for a second. If the, is there any reason to believe that Traeger wouldn't systematically destroy everybody else in the space if the ruling is affirmed from ITC then? All right. And after the internet has now come back on in Cleveland, Ohio, we are rejoined by Derek Richards. Sorry about that. I'm sure you were just going on and on about the potential death of all the other pellet cooker companies. So now that you've gotten the answer down pat... Let's go ahead and get it down on tape. Should everybody else be worried? <laughs> um, yeah, sort of. I mean, 
I mean, they should be worried in the fact that, I mean, if the ITC rules very strongly in favor of Green Mountain Grills and say, yeah, Traeger owns these patents and we're not going to allow importation here, <clears throat> then um, that should make some people nervous. Now, my argument has been that those patents are a bit vague and they're stifling the innovation. And that's kind of, I think, the attack point that someone else probably with much bigger group of lawyers could go after uh, on this. So, um, you know, if trigger wins, this isn't over. That's, you know, really the way it's, it, it's going to be because this is too important to the industry to kind of let one company go, Hey, uh, we patented this. And we're going to hold that patent for its 20 year lifespan. You know, um, the idea that no Wi-Fi enabled pellet cooker could come out from another company until 20, what, what would it be? 2036 mm -hmm. is a bit ridiculous. So Weber doesn't have to worry about that because evidently, according to Kevin Green, uh, the guy from Weber, who's is it Kevin Green, I forget. Uh, used to be Kevin Coleman, yeah, but so. now it's uh, maybe it's Kevin Green. I forget. I don't uh, think it's Kevin. It's it's Mr. Uh, let's call him Mr. Green from Weber. Mr. Green. And, Mr. Green from Weber. Yes, and he said that all their technology was patented. So I assume they're out of the potential <laughs> crosshairs in that regard. So that's good. Although uh, there's a number of folks that are like Green Mountain Grill that were just kind of using, I guess, a general uh, connection or cloud-based connection and app connection and. Uh, this is something that I have been long concerned about, but uh, we'll see between now and April 6th when the ruling should be coming. If uh, it's affirmed, and if it is, we'll see what kind of dominoes fall from there. Um, outside of that, I did mention to Jeremy, or I asked him if they were looking to diversify any of their products, and he said, no, we're going to keep it in, in our core focus, which is pellet-fired cookers. I don't disagree with that per se, but to me, I'm always more of the let's have a few more options in case a portion of the market dumps a little bit. You have a little bit more support to shore up the ship, if you will. Yeah, I mean, um, and he's he's going to say we're going that they will be focused on pellet grills and pellet grill only until they're not. You know, and if that's his, if that's a decision that comes under his you know, reign as CEO, or if it comes down the pike, who knows? Um, but you know, I, he, that's what they're going to say. Um, but you, I think you're right in that, you know, people just start getting tired of pellet grills or if for some reason it becomes less enticing in that direction and they find themselves in a market that's not growing anymore, then they've got shareholders to keep happy. So, you know, we could someday see a Traeger charcoal grill or a Traeger gas grill. I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to see how that goes. Do we want to speculate at all over the next couple of minutes about what's happening with the meter and where that product might be? I, I will maintain that they're just kind of slowly suffocating that out to a degree, and then it's going to be reintroduced at some point as the whatever Traeger wireless thermometer, um, maybe with a yeah. little bit of a meter call to it, maybe not, maybe just done, but it will also have all of that connectivity and being able to walk away from it fixed 
and make it work as it should. Yeah, I think uh, one kind of getting the bugs out of it a little bit, but what we will most likely see is that it becomes an integrated element to Traeger grills. So, you know, somewhere down the road, if it's six months, if it's a year, if it's a couple of years, you know, you'd walk up to your Traeger grill and the probe would probably just pop out of the control panel. You Mm -hmm. stick it in there and it's automatically connected. But, you know, the interesting thing actually about meter, you know, in this discussion is that meter has really good patents on that technology, really tight patents on that technology. And I've been kind of asking around and nobody is giving an answer. Um, There are a lot of very similar probes which are using very, very similar technology. I'm under the impression that meter is already in lawsuits with some of these other folks. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's that sort of, well, it's pending. I'm not going to tell you anything. I don't know what to say about that. You know? So, you know, again, you know, lawsuits and stuff, they just make everything unbearable because you can't find out what you want to find out until it's all done. You familiar with that combustion ink predictive thermometer? I've seen kind of the mock-ups on that and stuff. Um, you know, again, it's in the same vein. I don't know how much space they've got to work with that. Um, but, you know, obviously this is kind of, if this goes real open, then this may very well just kind of be the future. Um, and, you know, I hate the wires myself. I think everybody does. You know, they're awful. They they just they're hard to deal with and I would love to see the wires gone. Uh, but I would love to see, you know, something that works as quickly and as responsibly and as accurately uh, and as easily. So we'll see where we go with that. I think the thing that stood out to me as I was talking with Chris Young, who happened to be on the backside of that same show of Jeremy yeah. Andrews, was they aren't trying to do too much. They're not trying to go Wi-Fi at, at this point. And when it was going to connect to a phone, there was going to be a use of some other technology, which I said all through the week, um, getting ready for the show that I was going to figure that out so I could talk educated about it on the show tonight. Of course I fail, but there wasn't going to be uh, a Wi-Fi use. It was, there was some technology in the phone and they were going to be able to turn it on and it was just going to be able to talk to your phone in some other way that was going to make it feasible to walk away from. Uh, whatever that is, and I'll go back and do my due diligence so I'll forget about next Tuesday and look like an idiot again for the second week in a row. But this was not as big of a gauge hole uh, from what Chris was saying, and that there was a lot of concentration uh, not only on the internals, but way more concentration on the surface temperature of the meat and how that was playing a role in in the cooking of it. So, and, And then with all the math and the programming involved, that it was going to be really accurate and saying, okay, take it out now, now let it rest for this amount. I know some of the other ones do that as well, uh, but this seemed to yeah. have a, a little bit different mathematical equation underneath it that was going to put it head and shoulders above the rest. So, uh, are you are, are you a, a pre-orderer at one hundred and forty bucks? No, but I never am. So, yeah. <laughs> is that a lot? We'll see it. No, not really. I mean, you know, a lot of this technology gets really pricey. Um, My my issue with 
all of this. And it's like, you know, I mean, I've known the people at Thermalworks for a very long time. I've, you know, I've, I've been down there several times and, you know, their big thing is, is it's like, you know, we're accurate to one hundredth of a degree. And I'm like, yeah. And, but the big difference is that it, that it depends on where you put the probe because it's five degrees different here than it is over here. So, you know, everyone is pushing for this, you know, amazing amount of precision and technology and then it's up to the person that's sticking the probe in to get it just in the exact right place to make it work. And my thing is, look, you know what? If you're off by a couple of degrees, really, you haven't ruined anything. You don't need that kind of precision to get it right. And I know so many people who never use a temperature probe of any kind on any mm -hmm. of their cooking. So it's to me, it, people become dependent on this as kind of a crutch that uh, isn't everything it promises to be. Maybe that was one of the other things that stood out as you were talking about that. The combustion thermometer has seven probes in the actual tube itself, so it automatically, you can just jam it in there, and it's automatically going to find the core of the meat, so you don't have to sit there and either you know, right. work it in and out or just think, oh, well, I don't even have it in the right place. But as you said, you know, a couple degrees here or there, whatever. But this effectively eliminates that potential error as well provided that you know what you're cooking because if you're sticking it in a turkey that you know that's a lot of area to cover for one probe you know that's that's just kind of my thing it's, yeah but derek we all know that you stuff. just work you just go off of the thermometer that's built into the breast on the turkey yeah, the little <laughs> pop-up thing yeah it's flawless when it pops up it's ready to go juicy turkey every time no doubt uh, any uh, working on anything aside from the Memphis Grills? Working on anything exciting that we should be heading over to DerekRiches.com on? Uh, yeah, I got stuff coming. I'll be in Atlanta for the HPBA show next week. So you know, anybody listening, just you know, shout out and let me know where you're going to be, and we can catch up. But you know, I'm just going to be looking for all the new and fun, exciting stuff. Can't wait to hear about it when we get to March. DerekRiches.com. In the meantime, Derek, always appreciate the time. Yep, thank you for having me on. You got it. There he is. Derek Rich is right there. Of course. Forgot to do this nifty little transition. And if you're going to be at the HPBA Expo, then you should be looking for Derek, of course. Because he'll be out there covering all the latest and greatest that is happening in the industry. All right, I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. We're going to run long here. I know at Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Two different choices of lines. A choice line, a prime line. Choice line, if you don't need a lot of the gadgetry, the connectivity, all that stuff. You just want a good, solid, decent-sized cooker. If you want to spend a couple hundred extra bucks, prime line. Get a peak and a ledge if you want. All of those accommodate the pizza oven insert, of course. But with the prime, you get more of the app connectivity to internal meat probes. A little bit more robust chassis build, things like this. Only sold through dealers. Go to GreenMountainGrills.com. Find a dealer near you. Visit them. Touch them. Test them. And then pick the one that is best for you. Green Mountain Grills. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show.
Once and, again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And this portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assist in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Visit Fireboard.com for more information or call them 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. And we thank Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com for joining us, going over the Jeremy Andrews interview from a couple weeks ago and getting a little bit of a breakdown there. Apologize for the internet dump. Hopefully it doesn't happen in the second hour, but we'll see what happens there. In the meantime, refresh libations as we point to the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around. We'll be right back.